Howdy folks, welcome to episode 15 of Undrafted and Unedited Tales of the Glory Days, where we will be talking sports and have special guests to reminisce on the good old hockey playing glory days. I'm your host, P. Boavs, and with me is my brother back in Canada. I see the Bubbles poster in the background. He must be in the man cave of Orleans. Hey, Boavs, how you feeling, man? How's it feel to be back? Yeah, back in the land feels good. I can tell you that. I've been saying this uh, to everybody here, all of our friends, but Ryan Whitney talks about his time in in, uh, Russia and he goes, it's worth it just for how good it feels when you come home. Holy fuck, you should have seen it. We had a travel day. Dupes and I, Dupes was was skipping around uh, Montreal International Airport. Came in hot, had a pound of wings and a poutine and some beers. And uh, yeah, we were just... uh, No Timmy's ice cap? Come on, that's usually on oh, It was, like, on it was like 9, 9 p.m., so I held off on the ice cap, but uh, that was the next day thing. But uh, yeah, it feels so good, man, just to be home and, and uh, to be back. Back in the man cave is, is, is right there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's always nice to have you back. And you get to see Peyton, and she's all grown up, eight months older, so that was kind of fun to see that reaction. And she was a little confused at first, but uh, she's warming up to you as of late. And, and I guess we're going to start off with our final polish update maybe a recap there's probably been a bunch of stories you guys made a hell of a run in the playoffs lost in the finals um but we still have the the polish cup championship and and it was a good end personally for you i just saw mom posted in our group chat that you were voted like fifth in the league for mvp uh or or most valuable imports so that's pretty cool and started off cold but definitely was cooking at the end so uh polish update maybe close things off and and maybe our last addition for the year yeah, our last edition, it was funny. I was kind of writing up a couple notes and ideas of what, you know, reminiscing on the past month or two, because we hadn't done it in a while, coming leading up to playoffs and, and the end of the year. So Yeah, man, because we were uh, so busy. You were like playing, you were on the ice almost every other day and or traveling and, and I was busy too. So yeah, we missed a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. But we're, yeah. I and mean, I was just thinking like, dude, this is bad for the pod, you know? I got. I, I'm gonna have to go back. <laughs> this is, you know, just for yeah. The we have to pretend like this just happened last week, but we might have to go back a little bit in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the last Polish update because it's officially over, and it, it. Thank God, but again, yeah, I guess it's bad for the pod. Uh, yeah. So the year came to an end. Uh, it felt like five years for me, anyways, for my lower back uh, and your hairline. Boom roasted, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, starting to look like a skirted egg like you. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just thinning like a motherfucker. So much stress. Ruski actually took a year off my hairline. I swear I'd still be I'd still probably have a good hairline if it wasn't for him. But uh yeah, so I made a list of things I miss. Uh on the top, it's gotta be pierogi Thursday because that was uh, okay. Elite. I'm not gonna lie, pierogi Thursday, fuck. Waking up in the morning. And getting to the rink and just wanting to kill myself for three hours. The only bright spot was knowing I was getting pierogies post-practice on Thursday. All right. Fair enough. I like that. I'm going to miss blame the imports for everything Mondays. (laughs) Those were good too. (laughs) Coming off the weekend game, sitting in an hour video and it's always our fault. So those were electric. That was a good morning all the time. And then, you know, Mondays were three days away from pierogi Thursdays. So that was always Hey, there we go. You got to look at glass half full, buddy. I know, and I came home and I drove the car. First of all, I forgot how to drive. It was absolutely yeah. You absurd. didn't have the Terios, dude. There was a family of gear. 
there was a family of four I almost murdered on the highway. And I knew that because they drove past me. I was like, holy fuck, I didn't see them at all. Almost murdered them. And they had like the stick men on the back. It was like yes. a family of eight. I swear the oh, whole minivan. Had, I was like, well, that was almost mass murder. Um, <laughs> but but dude, I tried to park. And like in, in Poland, you could park anywhere. It was wild. No rules. Any which way, like your front end, the front end. Sometimes guys are pulling in, pulling out, like on the curbs, on the grass. Like if there was a spot, I swear you could park on like a, a restaurant patio if there was space. Like if the tables were <laughs> wide enough, you you could just squeeze your the terrios anywhere. It was fair game. So I was going around in circles looking for parking here, and I was like, "Fuck, this is this sucks." Um, so I'm gonna miss that. The absolute <laughs> no rules of the road in Poland. That was kind of exciting. Uh, I'm also gonna miss seeing titties at the naked spa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. I thought you were gonna say the Thai massage first, but yeah, I guess that's a good that's a good primary uh, yeah, one. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, seeing titties at the naked spa once a week on Tuesdays for free. I mean, can't can't really go wrong with that. Well, well, I don't. Uh, maybe actually, let's skip that question. Keep going. You're on a roll. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. No, no. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna miss having my groin hanging on by a thread. Um, man, I swear, like I, I, my groin must be like dental floss right now, (laughs) just from the year. Some days I'd wake up and be like, yeah, today's not a good day. I'm not going to be able to move out there. So I'm going to miss that because that just became part of my life. I, I, I walked like Terry Fox for eight or the nine months. It was absolutely fucked. (laughs) What? Until, until injection day. I still laugh at that story. Until the steroids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, lastly, this is more of a sincere one. I said, I'm going to miss seeing the boys every day, but most importantly, complaining with the boys. That was my favorite Aww. part of my morning. Every morning we had, uh, we had to go on the bike, which was hilarious. The 30 bikes in the rink. Were, were they Schwinn's or were they like uh, World War II? Uh, oh, they were relics, bud. They were relics. <laughs> they were antiques. Yeah. Like they had they, the classic, they, like the massive pads, like, you know, the massive like break. Yeah, there was no, the, you couldn't put tension on it because it was so rusted. That was the tension. So <laughs> some guys brought their own WD-40 to the rink just so the bike ride would be easier. Uh, but yeah, every morning just complaining, just reaming off how bad we thought the day was going to be on the ice. And uh, A little team and, chemistry builder, eh? Yeah, yeah. So team chemistry. So that was my small list of things I'm going to miss. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, but I wanted to get into a little bit of the end of the year uh, because we ended up having actually a really good run. So obviously our team yeah, was well, you guys were our cooking. team was ass. Yeah, we were well, cooking and like, <clears throat> Fuchich, your goalie was was like the heavy the heavy Bullen wall there the Bullen wall. What was that guy that would, went on a huge yeah, playoff streak? Nikolai Yeah, exactly. But or did was it Tampa? But anyways, yeah, he was a, a man on a mission, and he was like. He was keeping you guys in games. Like you guys had no business winning some of those games, and and he would make probably forty saves. You guys would come down to snipe and and call it a day. And it just seems like he ran out of of the magic a little bit. And yeah, uh, in the final round, and and you met your match, uh, and and it kind of yeah. When your goalie's not not hot, hot, hot anymore, it it kind of shows a little bit more of that defensive deficiencies that you guys had. Yeah, we had a few liabilities back there. They're not listening, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you could just add it to the complaint list. That D Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, dude, I know we we won Game Seven in that second round semifinal. So that was that was electric. Hey, dude, that was insane. What a game! Uh, I actually scored. I scored in that game, which is funny because 
well, one one of the <laughs> actually, I, I'm not going to name names, but one one of our D's, he's dude the most. I've never seen a guy eat pills like this. It's it's insane. Like I swear, the guy swallows like biscuits. No, 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 no. Like oh, blocking pills. shots. Oh, blocking yeah, yeah, shots. Jeez, yeah, 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 yeah. not literally. <laughs> Come on, Bob's. Well, actually, this guy is is the most shredded guy I've ever played with. So he may be ingesting pills. I was thinking about the steroid thing. I was still dialed in on that. <laughs> yeah, maybe hip injections as well. Yeah, but there dude, you go. So he's just like, and every time he has the puck, he's chopping onions. Like, I swear this guy, like sometimes he'll pass me the puck. Well, actually, he'll shoot it off the boards and I'll pick it up and the puck will be square. I'll be like, oh my God, he chopped it into a square. And uh, yeah, so I remember he got the puck on the blue line and I'm driving like, and we're in the offensive zone. I'm going far, far side, like uh, uh, back door. And I'm like, ah, there's no way this guy sees me. There's no way he's on his back end. He turns and opens up, looks at me. I see him dead in the eyes. And I'm like, there's just no way this puck's coming to me. Like, there's no chance. And he hammered one. And it was about three feet off the air. And I ended up batting it into the air. Yes, <laughs> back that door. was very nice. That was very nice. Yeah, so, and and yeah, we ended up surviving Auschwitz, which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't I even trying even to make it. I wasn't even trying to make a joke there, which is wild. But yeah, we win that just to go and get swept in the finals. So like yeah, you said, we, we met our match. Um, you guys ran out of gas. Like you guys looked tired and defeated. You were playing great, not to be biased. And and Dupes too actually was playing very well. Your line was still cooking a little bit, but um, you could tell the boys were a little bit uh, out of juice. So the legs were were probably pretty heavy. And, and like I said, the magic out of your goalie seemed to be slowly going against like one play he he made a save and he, you know how goalies like batted out of the air basically and he like batted it over his shoulder and like over top of him and in the net just like yeah he did like a reverse up. dunk yeah like it looked yeah. like he went he was lebron james did a reverse yeah, dunk. And like yeah he, he yeah. reverse dunked himself but, but, but it was actually very impressive and athletic move it just like super bad bounce and you could just tell there like yeah. Well, we ended up so we had home ice in the finals. We finished third, and we ended up playing the fourth place team. But this is a like a, this is a four team league. Anyone is interchangeable. One, two, three, four. And this was the team they had our number all year. So I was like, fuck, like kind of a bad bounce that we're playing them. And so, so games one and two, we absolutely dominated them at home, and we just couldn't get it get it done. They got uh, they scored in the power play. Like I think they scored four power play goals in the first two games. Yeah, they did. And and that was it and we knew like as soon as that happened heading into their barn which is wild those guys are insane like crazy crazy fans uh we knew it was done but uh i have a little funny story here because after the fourth game we lost and we're in their barn and of course like guys are upset and we have guys on our team who are retiring and things like that so we had a couple guys who were in tears and and it's frustrating you know it's sad maybe a little bit embarrassing we got swept and coach comes in and starts talking blah 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 and he goes and he walks away. Guys are like shaking their heads. I'm like, oh, what the fuck did this guy say? And our captain turns to me. He goes, yeah, he, he literally just came in and said, well, that sucked. Uh, practice on Tuesday. <laughs> everyone, everyone was like, what the fuck? I called it, bro. Like, I told you. Remember when you said you'd booked your trip? I'm like, bro, you're going to be practicing to the end. Or you said you wanted to be out just so you can you can be done with that. I'm like, this guy is going to fucking got, bury you guys until the last day of your contract. Dude, yeah. He said practice on Tuesday. It was Saturday. So we had a game on Saturday. Practice Tuesday. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, the year's done. What are we practicing for? Like, we're going to do some systems on how to beat Katowice next year? Like, they just pumped us fucking for nothing. So Dupes and I are looking at each other because we had booked a turkey trip. And we're like, well, this guy's going to, like, <laughs> we're gone. So <laughs> we're not going to be at this practice. 
Uh, and so Dupes was losing his mind. And it was a quick call to the agent just being like, hey, uh, you're going to have to let these guys know we're going to Turkey for seven days on a golf vacation and we're not going to be there. This is why uh, we pay you your per diem pack, eh? The agent, this is what we pay you for. The phone call, the tough phone call, the Ruski. Yes, yeah. So we're just like, so he told them and, and it became a huge ordeal. All the imports are like, well, we're going home. Like our guys from Sweden, Finland, that's a two hour, three hour flight. They're like, we're not staying. Like we just lost. We're going home to our families and our friends. So, yeah, we led the troops again this year and everyone just said, fuck it. And and he ended up canceling all the practices. He wanted to do three weeks of practices. I wonder like, why you guys didn't get the C or A this year, boys. I, I'm curious. I wonder what was going on. Yeah, there. We, we were we were cancers, but um, <laughs> C for and, cancer. Yeah, C, yeah, probably. And the Polish guys are still practicing. They start up again. So the, the local guys that re-sign. Yeah. So we had a guy on our team. He's like, I'm not re-signing until midsummer. I'm not going to skate with these guys. Like, it's just not going to happen, um, which is hilarious. So you were talking about the injections. Somehow my forearms got like super jacked up, both of them, like to the point where I couldn't squeeze my wrists. This was, this like, is an easy setup, but I'm going to let you carry on with, with whatever you have to say. But uh, yeah, there's probably yeah. about 10 chirps coming onto my head right now. Dude, both my forearms were jacked up. Like I couldn't literally squeeze my hand or my stick. I couldn't stick handle. Yeah, on both sides. I was like, I didn't understand what was going on. So every time I'd take a face off, like the shock from like the sticks would rifle through my arms. I was like, fuck. So before game three, I'm doing all this like therapy on it and getting blah, blah. And he rubs in before game three, he rubs in this hot cream on my forearms. He's like really digging in deep. This is our physiotherapist. And I get on the ice. I'm like, okay, it's not too bad. I start to sweat, dude. Holy, I don't know if it was like, oh no, I don't know if it was Tiger Bomb or what, but I came off the ice and I was leaking sweat. Like I was soaked head to toe because of how hot my forearms were. were. So I'm trying to scrub it off. Now, if you don't know and you have hot cream, don't try to scrub it off because it gets warm. It says the warning number one on the Tiger Bomb in the back. Do not Uh, rub it in when you're warm. Dude, so I played this whole game, and I was on the bench, and I was almost passing out because my whole body temperature was through the roof from my forearms. So I was like, oh, dude, what a bad buzz. It was so distracting. Terrible. So game four rolls around. He's like, yeah, like, you know, you look good out there. You want the hot cream. I go, put that fucking shit back in the bag, first of all. I'm I'm like, I'm going cold turkey here, pal. And he goes, well, tell you what, like, I'll give you a painkiller. I go, okay, yeah, that's perfect. That's a good idea. And I'm just going to go out there and battle. So then he goes, okay, like, <laughs> bend over. I'm like, well, what? Like, what do you mean? You're like, what? And he pulls out a needle. I'm like, I, okay, oh. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know what painkillers these are. And he goes, no, no, trust me. They're good. <laughs> the they good go, stuff. Yeah, he goes, they go, it goes right in your bloodstream. This is better than the pill. It won't upset your stomach. I'm like, well, I mean, I just had, I've eaten spaghetti seven days in a row in the playoffs and my stomach's fine. So I could probably take an Advil. But <laughs> now that you have it out and you're wearing fucking, he already had his latex gloves on. I'm like, all right. So I pulled down my pants. This guy jacks me right in the ass. Like oh literally like an God. EpiPen. Dude, oh my god and when i tell you like my ass was sore like it was hurting and i didn't feel it i didn't feel a thing for four days like i, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> oh, was shit. in that yeah oh, dude shit. got the painkiller right in the ass and dupes got a shot as well because he had pulled his groin so dupes got one in the ass and we're at workout uh three days ago we started working out again 
And he goes, dude, does that spot where you got the injection still hurt in your butt? I go, what? No. <laughs> in your butt. He goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, we got it like in your ass cheek. And he goes, dude, uh, mine is still fucked. Like it hurts. Like there's something wrong. With the way oh my I got God, boys. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that oh, was hilarious. Shit. I didn't feel shit. And then Dupes took a muscle relaxant for his groin and couldn't drive home. So I had to drive oh the Terrios home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he, he got all loopy. So we got a few of those for the flight. That was funny, too. Dupes was <laughs> drooling on the old lady. On a, on a, he was sitting next to a 60-year-old woman from Montreal, and he was drooling on her shoulder because he took a fucking muscle relaxant. <laughs> yeah, it was actually hilarious. Uh Anyway, so moving forward, the year's done and and we're just so over. And guys know that we're not coming. Oh, uh, official, we're not going back. So they I they don't know that oh, yet. Boy. I, oh boy. I might just send the podcast and write uh 1702 and just send it to them. <laughs> and they're gonna hear this right now. I'm not coming back. We're not coming back. Oh. Ain't gonna happen. I'm not doing that again. So much so, good content. I know, I know, but we'll, we'll, I'll have good content wherever I end up. Uh, but I want to talk quickly about the Turkey trip because, uh, this came out of nowhere. So dupes and I were like, yeah, we should go to the South of Spain at the end of the year. We want to do a little trip. And all the Polish guys are like, dude, like you guys like to golf. You have to go to Turkey. The resorts are incredible. The food's incredible. It's cheap. And like the golf's unreal. Like, okay, whatever we look into it. We dupes and I don't know a thing. We booked this. So we just show up. We're at a five-star resort. And when I mean five, five star, like not Punta Cana five star resort, like I'm talking like real five star resort. This place is incredible. And there's 290 holes of golf on the coast of the, of the ocean. Yeah. So it's just all golf courses. I'd never heard of it before. It's called Bellic, B-E-L-E-K for people that want to look it up. It's the most insane golf I've ever been a part of. And everyone who's at the hotel was golfing. So day one, we get there and we start chatting with this guy. And we're like, hey, golf this, golf that. Yeah, which 18 um, of the 290 did you play today, sir? Like, which one do you recommend? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That's yeah. huge, man. I, I know. So we ended up playing. And, and what's funny is this was Masters time. So it was the final round of the Masters. And it was our first night in Turkey. And they had an Irish pub. So Dupes and I go down. And obviously, we had our pool, our Masters pool. And Dupes is in the lead. And the winner got like 700 bucks. And I was way out of it. So he looks over at me and goes, I'll tell you what, I win this fucking thing. We're golfing for three tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, being the cheap bastard I am. I'm like, Brooks, let's go, man, let's go. <laughs> and him and I don't move from our two chairs for the whole round. We started because it was at night and we had, I'm pretty sure we had 18 MGDs each. And we're just like, we're like, load them up. You see them half done, bring them back. Like it's all you can drink inclusive. And, um, so we just watched and we were going bananas for every shot uh, of, of dupes his guys. And we were, it was just a crazy atmosphere. And we were just so uh, immersed in golf that we were just excited to play. And uh, dupes ended up winning. So the next day we went and golfed and I golfed free and he, well, he did as well off the boys money. So thank you for all your shit. Well, I, I'm still waiting for my cut because uh, you know, we all had the wills Alatoris debate that almost went to a Supreme court of uh, Orleans because uh, he ended up not swinging a single a single club out there and DNF'd like minutes before he was supposed to tee off. So we had the big debate on what we should do in the pool. We had a six player pool. Did we not count them? Do we count them? Do we give them a cut? And I felt like I was the, uh, 
the head, the head, uh, the spearheading the, the the revolution on the other side, saying that he should just be a DNF and count as a zero. So I'm still waiting for my cut from dupes. I guess I'll I'll I'll, I'll get it on the Rockland Golf Course hole number one. I'll bring it up, maybe as a joke, but kind of serious, you know, type of thing, and and kind of hint. Yeah, you were the catalyst. Budget. Yeah, you you won that one for us. So I think so too. So um, yeah, I'll wait. I'll, I guess I'll wait patiently for that payout. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all this to say, this trip was incredible. We played some good golf. Um, we ate so well. I, Dupes must have had, oh, buddy, he got his money's worth. I've never seen a guy pound down food like that before. Uh, but it's just hilarious. We were both so tired from like the year. Like, I remember one night we're like, yeah, we're partying. Well, the first night we drank those MGDs, that was, but we didn't move. And uh, one of the nights, we're like, okay, we're going to go hard. We got nothing tomorrow. And we were both like in sheets at, 10 p.m. It was hilarious. <laughs> just like can't. We, we were just so tired. But so before we leave, we go to a travel agent and the lady's like, oh, I have to call to see if two men can stay in the same room together. And we're both sitting there we're like we're both Canadian guys. Like, what the fuck? And we're realizing like, oh, turkey. Like, yeah, you get stoned for that. Um, so. <laughs> oh, really? It's like, bad, eh? Well, you can, yeah, you can't be gay in Turkey. It's not a thing. You can have. a Yeah, it's wild. Can't be bald or Whoa, can't be gay. Okay, I didn't even know that. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, bald. Yeah, yeah. So they give us the okay, which are like okay. So we show up and we open it, and, and it's one bed. And to us, it doesn't matter. Like we're like, okay, we'll share the bed, blah blah blah. And we're going throughout the day, and we're sitting by the pool, and Dupes is like getting beat red. This guy like is not good with the sun. And I look at him like, dude, you got to get your back. We bought some sunscreen. I'm like, here. Like he goes, dude, I would rather burn <laughs> head to toe than have you touch my fucking back in public. He's like, guys already think we're like gay as it is. So, and and we're just both like, oh yeah, true, blah, blah, blah. So we get to dinner and we're both having a glass of red wine. We're at a table of two looking at each other. Everyone around us is couples and families. We're like, fuck, like this is like, nobody was on a boy's trip. I'm telling you, it was wild. That was, that was an interesting kind of side quest and it made for a lot of good jokes, but um but yeah, that was that was next level. Yeah, so it looked like you guys had a blast, and like you said, it's a good way to kind of finish things up. I know you wanted to travel a whole bunch more, and and uh, Ruski's uh, regime was uh, restricting a little bit, but uh, it's good that you're able to enjoy that. And for a guy that said that we needed to rip through this uh, podcast, that was 22 minutes and 31 seconds of content. So uh, that was awesome. Yeah, any, I had any to, final I had notes to sign off. No, I, I, well, I mean, the last thing is uh, the, the team Tihi re-upped Ruski's contract for five years. Five so. years? What? Yeah. How much yeah, is dude, he they, making? How much do they I, say? I, like, I is it know. like TSN ticker, like five years times five or whatever? No, it doesn't say. They He's were just so pleased with him. Wow. Yeah. So, I and I mean, as soon as we heard that news, we we're like, yeah, the, these guys just don't care about their players. So it's like, it's um, like when team, it sounds, you sound like uh, all the ex players of Torts. Uh, what's his name? That Dubinsky. You sound like Dubinsky just yeah, torching Dubinsky, Torts. It, yeah. It, prayers with prayers to uh, Tihi. Prayers, prayers to the guys of Tihi because honestly, it's one of the best groups of guys I've ever played for. And all the local polar local polish guys like just don't know what's better for them out there <laughs> they're, just, they're probably fucking practicing as we speak so um there, there's a high chance they're on the ice right Holy now smokes. Um, yeah so you you gotta love it for that and 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 what a year in poland uh the stories i'm gonna have to go back and reminisce on on the first 10 minutes of, of all of our yeah podcasts. you're gonna have to restart the podcast this was like you, you talk about catalyst that, that was the catalyst of the podcast no uh no polish update no no podcast i don't think so i know dude you're we may have to make uh i don't know how good your editing skills are but we might have to make um 
a little compilation of all the the Polish updates and throw them into an episode. Because <laughs> I, I think how much time do you it. think I have on my hands? I, oh, I mean, fuck. I think I think do it for the people. Do it for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways, that's that's all me. So no, uh, we I did have got... some uh, we did have some nice compliments from the boys last night. So I always feel good. You know, your buddies are always going to support you, and they're going to be nice to you. So we'll take the fake or or the real uh, compliments. But yeah, and that's uh, the fuel keeping us going. Actually, I saw that we were we were up at the five twenty plays. So hey. That's not bad, man. For two dummies like us, just slapping, get, flying off the seat of our pants, trying to shoot the shit. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, you can't go wrong. And and for those of you that are like, "Fuck, Abov sounds crisp today," I got the fresh mic. I got the fresh mic going. Like we're on the up, man. Five hundred and twenty plays. I got a fresh mic. Uh, definitely, we wrapped the bow on the Polish update, but we're gonna find some other funny content for you guys well and speaking forward. of wrapping the bow i'm near the end of my my referee report so i have two for you today and and another two for the next episode and then that's it buddy but uh i'm gonna start off my first one i'm i'm ripping the carlton and it's a rivalry game big game big game you know the group chats fire and we gotta get these motherfuckers and we were on a tear right after new year's we haven't lost a single game so everybody coming in coming in hot i've got my my pre-game tunes pumping i got the windows open i'm ready to go i have a, a little red bull on my my cup holder because it's 10 35 at this point so uh trying to get the blood and juices flowing and next thing you know i see the the red lines start appearing on my ways firing left right and center i'm like oh shit the eta starts to climb i'm like oh fuck we must be you know there must be a log jam of fans trying to get the carlton to see the rivalry games fucking right let's go let's go we get to the point where it's a dead stop, bro. Police, I could see the police barriers backing up traffic. So I wait in line 10, 15 minutes and, and I get to the front and roll down my window and I flash the popo, my Carlton Adult Hockey League uh, card and say, hey, uh, I'm here for the game. Um, let me through, you know, it looks like there's going to be a good turnout, but I'm actually a player on the team. And he's like, kind of looks at me funny. And I'm like, yeah, you don't recognize me. I'm like the goon, you know. I look at the pims, look at the stats, ask ugly wife, Mr. Ugly Wife. <laughs> the guy just said, get the fuck out of here, you dummy. So I had to do a U-turn and I called Johnny Briere. I'm like, bro, they didn't let me through the gate. He's like, dude, Biden's in town. Our game got fucking Biden, Joe Biden. Fuck <laughs> sakes. So I had to do a, a 180 and, and cook it back home all pissed off. I didn't end up playing the game. We had to forfeit. So we ended up actually defaulting both teams in their their team goalie didn't make it and we didn't have a roster so we we, we ended up taking a tie on that but that was our first uh, non-win of the of the new year and it was fucking joe biden blocking off all the streets fucking he was in town sleepy joe uh, yeah you strapped on the pads on sleepy joe and have him stack them just in the seriously we probably could have yeah. him as a ref out there for fuck's sakes he would have been perfect for the job <laughs> those are the type sleepy of guys joe and, and, and mr magoofa yeah oh my god what a combo so yeah. there's my first one. We got absolutely so widened. So what'd you do? You went home and like yeah. sorted your emails? You had a <laughs> fucking Red Bull. Like yeah, I, know. I, was, I was up till one in the morning anyways. Just like, yeah, I, was, I don't know what I was looking at. Instagram, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. Trying, no, I was looking at my stats. Myself. I was looking at my stats, bro. Yeah, your PIMS per game took a hit. Yeah, seriously. You should have gone seriously. out there, got a misconduct. 
The, the police almost gave me a misconduct. Yeah, true. Oh, man. But yeah, it was frustrating. Literally, like when it was like an hour and 20 minutes by the time I waited in traffic and then there was traffic back. Bank Street was an absolute nightmare. And then people were like lining up to see this. I, I forget what the, the name of the limousine is or the the, the convoy. But uh, yeah, people were like all, all ready to go for Mr. Biden to be in town. But I guess he didn't realize we had a fucking game at... At, uh, <laughs> at Carlton. And when I say 1030, I think it was actually, that's the other thing that's the worst part. It was, I think the game was at seven. And it was the first fucking game of the year that we actually had a reasonable time. And I was fired up for it because I could actually be in bed before midnight. And uh, yeah, got definitely two timed on that one. But hey, that's the way she goes, eh? Yeah, buddy. Even the Briers couldn't fix that one. And then referee <laughs> yeah. report number two. Well, fuck. Speaking of another early game, we had a 6 p.m. game, bro. And this was a makeup. So now it's a family game. So the, the the group chat gets firing. Hey, just want to let you know my wife and kid is coming. You guys should all bring your wife and kids. So guess who shows up at the game? Chudes, Med, Steph, and Peyton. And they're in the crowd watching these old fucks slap the puck around and... Uh, <laughs> Jude's. I, I I step on the ice and and it's kind of like Piedmont with with uh, Virginia and she pulls out the Xena cry and every like there's ten people in the stands at Carlton like where you played on the on the side with the Carlton games so the stands are like over top of the rink so she's doing the Xena cry she's like go Patrick go everybody in the rink is just staring at my mom and I'm like holy shit Jude's and she's obviously playing it up trying to embarrass me uh point Jude's because you did. You did. Yeah, the other bench is like, is that that guy that hacks us and pretends he's all tough? Is that his well, fucking well, mom listen, yelling exactly? So listen to this. Listen oh to this. God. So now I'm on my best behavior, right? So I'm like, I'm I'm doing my laps. Oh, hey refs, how's it going, boys? We ready for a good game? You know, chatting them up and offside call. Oh, sick eyes, ref. You're eagle eye on that one, man. You fucking got it. Good call. Good call. There's a scrap coming on. I'm grabbing guys. Okay, no need to fight, boys. We're here to have a good time. I was on my fucking best behavior my brother i didn't get a single pim out there my wife and child were proud of me my mama was proud of me and uh i i, I felt like i was mr good boy out there so uh a little change in 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 character and and i played a little bit more of a i guess second line winger role i, I got promoted that game because i was out of the box and uh feeling pretty good about it man yeah, I mean, I hope you got a gold star and uh, and yeah, fucking teacher's pet, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Pet. So I got a, I, those are my last, I got two more in the bank, but yeah, it's coming to an end. But uh, the referee report, always good for content. Speaking of content, yeah. uh, I'm on, uh, I'm on the face, good old Facebook. That's how bored I was. It's probably that night I got Biden and uh, came across, uh, you remember Frank Faucon? At, uh, at Clarence he was basically the guy that did like all the stats and all the all the the scorekeeping in the box and shit and good guy and uh, basically a post comes up it was it was sad but also double sad for a couple of reasons but it, the post said on this day 15 years ago and my jaw dropped like 15 years ago bro a first happened in the EOJBHL which is the CCHL tier 2 junior B league that they call it now playoffs it made the news all around the country after the Clarence Creek Castors, my team won game number seven in double overtime to win the Metro Division Finals, the opponent, Ottawa West, filed a protest because Clarence scored a goal on a very questionable call at the blue line early in the game. Of course, the crybabies 
in quotation marks, team won their protest and the league called that game number eight to be played. The rest is history. Do you remember this whole shit show that we had to play game eight? I know I've made reference to it a little bit, but that kind of like hit home 15 years ago. Game eight. Do you remember any of that, that whole scenario? Because that was before your time that you were in Clarence. Yeah, dude, I remember I was at the game. I was at the game eight. Um, and then, you know, after the game, I was on Twitter and I had uh, cast doors in nine. So, um, <laughs> uh, but it's, a, it's actually an insane story. First of all, 15 years ago, Jesus, you're a fossil. Yeah, um, bro, that was my rookie year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, secondly, yeah, I remember, I, I know, I, I remember the game. I was there with dad and, and um, we were watching and it was just like, a, it was a heart, you know, heart jerker, tear jerker, I guess is the better way to put it because I remember you guys lost. And I think West ended up winning the whole thing. Then, yeah, you know? I think they went on and, and or they lost in the finals. But yeah, they made it to the end because the Metro division was kind of like the Atlantic of this year where it was like of the top 20 teams in the league, five of them were in the same division. I think, you know, so we whoever got out of that division is similar to the playoffs. Now you start the first two rounds against only your division and then you move on to the West and the West was like, a points night like we would be cooking teams 10-1 11-1 going to carlton place in perth but when when you were playing in your division the metro it was tough yeah that's yeah but uh what a story and and what a throwback there to to that game eight because that was a, that was wild that was insane Whoa. and the other thing i don't know if you remember but i was actually on my grad trip for games three two through seven so i actually left I actually left and I remember the conversation. So back in the day, you used to have a March break trip as, as a grade 12 student and I was in grade 12 and, and I, and you pay in advance. Like I had to pay the year before. So I had no idea I was going to be in Clarence and we get to near like playoff time. So obviously in March and coach is like, yeah, we start next week. And I'm like, this was in practice. I was like one knee. I'm like looking around. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm going on it. I'm going to Dominican Republic next week. I'm not playing in those games. So I had to like put my my tail between my legs and go tell like Charlie, our, our GM, like, buddy, I can't I can't play. And by no means was I a, a star like I was a rookie. But on that team, we had out of six defensemen, five of us were rookies. And one, the one guy that was not a rookie was a forward. He played his whole life and they transitioned him to D because they needed bodies. So anyways, I play the first two games. We're up to nothing. And then I get a phone call because I'm in Montreal driving back home the game of game seven and the boys are all cheering in the dressing room because they had just won in double overtime. So I'm like, yeah, fucking right, boys. We're going to the finals. We're, we're going to the next round, next round. Everybody's fired up. And then it was like two days later, we get a call from our coach and saying, yeah, we have to suit back up and we have to play game eight because there was an offside that they missed and they counted the goal anyways. It was like the original goal review. I don't even know how this happened, but yeah, it was like an offside that they called later on. I guess like the linesman was too much of a pussy boy to say something in the moment and said something after. I don't know if they had like footage or something. It was so yeah, weird. I think I think I, I I remember what happened. There was a, a guy with a BlackBerry Bold uh, recording <laughs> at the blue line, and uh, Motorola yeah, yeah, Motorola yeah. Razor. Motorola, yeah, yeah. He had the he had the Sony Ericsson and uh, saw that the foot was offside. So yeah, it was something that. like that, or there was like a major penalty and they didn't call it properly. But anyways, yeah, it was it was wild. It was absolutely. And you guys wild. went on a bender because you won game seven. Well, that's so. it. And the, and then the <laughs> worst the part, guys. the coach was in an absolute moral dilemma because I couldn't play. They were the debate was they either had to start the game from. Uh, the, where the questionable goal had gone in. And I think the score was one nothing for us, but it was like um, uh, halfway through the first period 
or we start from scratch and I could be in the lineup because if they went to the other game, it was only the guys that were in the lineup for game seven. So anyways, they chose game eight and I don't know how effective I was out there, but I think we lost by one goal. I think it was three, two. And then those motherfuckers ended up going on. But anyways, wild story game eight, you will never see that shit again. And it was just a, a crappy way for some of those vets to, you know, lappy and some of those guys to, to end their careers their junior careers that they'd been playing for five years, you know, 21 year old men and, uh, talk about tears. It was it was tough around the room. Yeah, did coach notify them of a practice that week while they were crying, or <laughs> or is that just a is that just a Eastern European? Yeah, thing? I think that's a Poland thing. Ah, okay, just checking. Speaking of meltdowns and crying, <laughs> did you see uh, Quinn? Frig, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I was gonna say Jack Quinn, but that's a player. Uh, and Paul Maurice have absolute coach meltdown last week or a couple weeks ago absolute craziness yeah is that is it what's his name david quinn is it maybe david? it's dave quinn i should know this dave? i just wrote quinn on the paper and now i'm i'm <laughs> i put myself in an absolute pretzel <laughs> yeah but, sick fucking but he's a san jose coach and he absolutely had a, a fuck match you know the song hot dog by limb biscuit where it's like it's a fucked up world it's a fucked up place it's like yeah yeah F-bombs. fuck you match yeah. yeah, and he's dropping F word after F word. And it's almost like his brain could not come up with a second word to follow up the fuck. So it just continued the F word, F word, F word. Fuck you. Fuck this. You fucked. You're fucked. Fuck you. And he, yeah, probably he used it on. as a noun, as a verb, as an adjective. <laughs> like he, he used every kind of fuck you could possibly use. It reminds me of Trailer Park Boys. Remember when he's like, uh, he's there and they go, yeah, well, stop swearing. You're going back to, to jail. Oh, he wants yes. to go back to jail to yes, play so in the play tournament. The ball hockey he tournament. turns around Ricky. and goes, hey, do you mind it? Yeah, yeah. Ricky, he's like, do you he's mind? He's in court. He's in court. He's like, do you mind if I go back for the tournament, uh, loose? And she's like, yeah, no problem. He goes, fuck you, fuck me, fuck squirrels, fuck suit dummies. And, he goes, oh, and then the next scene, he's in his tray, he's in his pad, yes. and he's got like the blocker that's like the cafeteria tray. He's got the tray, cafeteria yeah. tray, yeah, and it's Mister D coming in on him. On that's the, what. That's right. The, that's yes, the movie. Yes, yes. But yeah, it kind of felt like that. that. And then you saw Paul Maurice go absolutely bazonkers. I don't even know the right word bonkers on, on his own team, the Florida Panthers after that meltdown against the Leafs, like they're, they're battling for their playoffs lives. Everything's on the line and they're coming out flat. And I've never seen Paul Maurice is usually, you know, a pretty chill and relaxed guy. He seems pretty even keeled, but he had the, the power glasses move. Like he ripped the glasses off his face and you could tell he was going to every guy trying to get them fired up and yelling at them and he said something along the lines of like i wish i was a more gifted cursor like my dad because i didn't know what else to say but i said everything that was in my heart but it was pretty wild like i don't know if you want to have a comment on which meltdown that you preferred and and maybe you had like an experience of a coach uh having a similar meltdown having a, a positive or a negative effect on the team because it could go both ways yeah, I think Quinners is is like a C minus because I like the energy, the intensity, just no creativity. Yeah, lack know. of creativity, hundred um, percent. But the so intent he's got to work on. The that. heart was there. The intent was there. I like, I like it. And getting tossed from a game is just like is something you got to do. Especially, well, I mean, your team's in last place, so it might be a little bit late. But uh, <laughs> I think the Maurice one is sick, man. Like he got the boys going and and ultimately kind of turned around their season. I think. Some people say that was like the TSN turning point of, of getting the boys going. Well, and, squeeze, and them, squeeze them in and squeeze them into yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, squeeze them in. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll give that one an A. And, and and it's always nice. The thing is, is like it has to be genuine. And I think this is a big point for coaches out there as a player and especially me. Like 
sometimes a coach will scream at me and I'll just think it's funny. You know, I'm, I'm not the type of guy that wants to be yelled at. Like that's not going to mo- motivate me. But if, if my coach is like just this genuine guy and he cares for the players and, and he loses his marbles, kind of like you see, like with Maurice, it's like, oh, okay, fuck. He means business. He's not messing around. Like there's nothing worse than feeling like it's fake. You know, like Ruski would come in after the second period and we'd be down and this guy would just like scream. And then like, kick the garbage can and all the guys would be like dude can this guy fucking like stop and we go out and win and every time i'd look at like crow and i'd be like hey, man ruski thinks that's because of him like it's so fucking it annoying. almost feels like every wwe time, scripted we, almost dude, you know we can't, yeah we, yeah it was just like oh, it was so annoying it was that same stuff every time and uh and it just got old so i think like once in a blue moon having your coach have a freak out is always like okay yeah it means business yeah we had a minor league coach and we were like 10, 11 years old, and we were in the uh, Silver Stick Finals or semifinals uh, in Detroit. So we won like the regional and we got to play in the big boy tournament. And uh, our coach comes in and he knocks over all the sticks. You know, the sticks are all nicely placed on the rack or like outside the dressing room, like in rows. He knocks them all over. Then he he does the the Ruski garbage can move, but this time he decides to yeet it across the room. Well, he didn't realize, excuse me, he didn't realize there was a glass bottle in the in the garbage can and this thing flies out of the garbage can bang smashes the wall and may i remind you we're 11 years old and this guy this grown man's having an absolute meltdown but talk about like being scared and uh, i think we ended up winning but the same thing as you is just like holy smokes we didn't win because of that it was just kind of like chill bro it'll be okay yeah (laughs) yeah we're gonna get our participation medal anyways yeah, I and I remember just like playing for P-Roy and, and he would, oh, dude, this guy would unload. And you remember his first game in the show? It was like one weekend and he was like climbing the glass. I forget who he was going after. Remember he was like shaking the glass in Colorado? Yes. Everyone was like, yes. oh, man, like, whoa, whoa, this is like so uh, like uncharacteristic, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, that was happening once a week in the queue. Like it just <laughs> didn't make sports center. Like this guy, th- I, I swear every time this guy was climbing the glass trying to fight players or fight guys and. Oh, dude, it would make me laugh every time I'd be sitting on the bench. I go, here we go. Here we go. And one of the guys on the other team would come over and chirp him. And you'd see, like, he'd start to boil red. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. We had one, dude, this was the funniest thing. I And I remember blatantly laughing. He comes in after a second period, and we're getting pumped. And our team was good. And he comes in, we're at home in front of our home crowd. And he has a stick. And our roof was like, do you know those school ceilings that have like the tiles? But they're like, yeah, 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 that yeah. shitty material. Like you can, you could punch dude, right through a, it. Yes, yes. I hope you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know like, exactly what you're talking about. The ceiling tiles. Yeah, it's suspended ceiling tile. Right. And he has a twig and he is screaming. And every time he is like yelling and screaming, his hand is going up and down and he's puncturing holes in the ceiling tiles <laughs> with a twig. And like, and he's screaming and he's not knowing that he's doing it. So like all this, like his head looked like he had like dandruff because all the fucking like ceiling tiles were coming down on him. And he's screaming, oh, no, no, fuck, 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 and like yelling and throwing a stick. And the stick is just puncturing holes in the ceiling. And I'm sitting there and being like, dude, this is hysterical. Like he has no clue. Um, but yeah, I remember like just his meltdowns were always classic on the bench. It's like, yeah, it's great. I remember one time, actually, this is not really that relevant, but I remember he was calling my line. He called my line out and he goes, yeah, okay, Boave next. And the play is going, blah, blah, blah. my center is coming to the bench. And as I'm hopping over, I got one leg over the bench. Uh, their first line center hops over their bench and he notices and goes, Oh Jesus Christ, we can't have this guy out there. <laughs> so as I'm one leg over the bench, I'm swinging my other one and I'm going for a back check and he gra- horse collars me 
and pulls me down. So now my feet are above the boards. My head's underneath the bench and I'm stuck. And he yells at the, <laughs> our first line center to go. And he doesn't help me. So he horse collars me down. I'm, I'm <laughs> below the bench. I'm scorpioned and I'm stuck and my feet are above the boards. And the center climbs over me because he was sitting next to me and jumps on the ice. And I swear I was down there for like 45 <laughs> See, seconds. See, that should have like, made sports center. I know. I'm like, is this guy going to help me up or what? And then like I just sat back down. I didn't play the rest of the period. It was wild. That's actually yeah. hilarious. Well, and that I made know, me think of also a, a lappy meltdown in practice. He he got so mad. He yelled and he took a, a, a shot. Like he shot a puck against the glass and the glass shattered. do 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 and you know it's like the the guy uh, who's the old guy that you know the clip the viral clip where the guy's yelling at the ref, and then the glass shattered. Way to go, Paul! Exactly. Way to go, <laughs> Lappy! Way to ruin the practice. Yeah. One practice a week, we had to practice half ice, and the guy in Clarence, you could tell he comes out. Yeah, like, he was, I was pissed. There. I was we probably interrupted his Netflix uh, session. Yeah, he comes back out. He's like, "Oh, mon dieu, tabarnak, oh, fuck." Gets out, he's got like this shitty board that he's trying to like yeah, put in. Yeah, because they, they, tell, like, they didn't have the right glass. So it was like a, a, no. a six foot glass, six foot panel glass, and then a three and a half foot panel glass, and then a six foot glass. Yeah. Yeah, I think that wooden brutal. board stayed there for like two months, too. I don't think they ever changed glass. They're like, yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> it'll do. do. Yeah, it'll stop the pucks. But Oh, uh, man. Anyways, moving on to, uh, I guess, kind of similarly meltdowns. We have Brooks, Brooks Kepka. Kepka. On Fuego at the Masters, but this was prior to the Masters. He gets caught at the the Florida Panthers game, which he calls the peas. The Panthers, the peas. Apparently, that's the thing. I've never heard that before. But he does this Not weird thing, and he he finds like this orange construction cone and starts yelling out Ekblad's name, basically saying that he's a pylon, which is Ekblad is on his team, like on the the Florida Panthers. So yeah. it was like he's a, on the peas. It, it was such a he had the peas. It was just such a weird like dynamic. I'm watching the videos. He's wearing like the sweatsuit and he kind of looks like a bum and and after watching him in full swing he like seemed like he was in full emo mode and uh this kind of just confirmed my my disdain for him like just my lack of respect for him have you ever seen another pro or another professional league athlete go to a pro game and and do something like that or chirp somebody along those lines before in your life no, no. Kodak Black did it way better, where he was just laying pipe in the in the stand. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he was in the box at the Florida game. He had his ass cheeks out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, dude, ah, Brooks, I don't think that that Netflix documentary did him any service because I don't know of anybody that's like, yeah, you know, I'm really liking Brooks these days. Uh, First and second of all, it's like, dude, Aaron Ekblad's like your best defense. He's your franchise defenseman. So I, I and it seems like a such tough a nice guy too. Ekblad, yeah, he just seems like a good down earth guy. And I remember after him being like, yeah, we're not friends. Like that wasn't he a joke. basically That's said. Kepka just, I'm never going to be friends with him. Yeah, yeah. Why, why would he? I would be like, dude, I hope Kepka literally pulls his groin and can't play the Masters. Um, but he did win me a free round because Dupes had him in the pool. It's true. So, it's true. I, I don't know. I, I was cheering for him that day, but I mean, 18 MGDs when we could cheer for anybody. So it's just weird, man. And speaking of weirdos, let's go over to goalies. Um, flurry, man, this guy cracks me up. Like, I don't think there's been one flurry clip in this whole career where I've like not laughed or just enjoyed his sense of humor. He just seems like such a genuinely nice guy. And, and, 
fucking funny. So the quote is, is like, I'll never know if the steal from my posts is from Quebec or the States. So I would rather stay polite and not take any chances. And the quote is referencing him. Every time there's a play or there's a whistle, he kind of gives his post a tap and he says, merci, thank you. So he says it in French or in English just to make sure that his posts are, are speaking the same language as him. How funny is that shit, man? Yeah, dude. Uh yeah, he's he's Fleury's just a cream of the crop type of guy. I would love to play with Fleury. Like I feel like he's one of those guys that would just be every day so fun. And he's the type of guys like he's you could tell he's a good leader. He's probably like works his bag off every day in practice and he's just one of those guys you probably want to have on your team and want to be around. Yeah, I think but of the clip. Remember the clip like when he first became popular is when the hotel room he they would take all the furniture out of the players' rooms and like put them in the hallway. So the player would be like coming to their room and they'd be like, why the fuck is the bed? Like the, you know, the couches, the TV out in the hall. And then they open the room of their, their, where they're staying. And like, it's, it's empty. And then he'd be chuckling in the back, like around the corner, like got him. And he'd be like stuffing bubble gum and Crosby's gloves and shit. And, yeah, it's so much work for him to take that shit out. <laughs> like, you have to think about that. He, he, he worked for we that prank. We had a classic one, dude. I used to do this all the time. I would take the, you'd go, you'd undo the toilet, like the top, and you would take like the little, um, the tube, the kind of tube that when you flush the water kind of siphons through. And if you take that tube out and you put it underneath like the, the bowl cover coming out and it's like just sticking out, you can't see it. And when you go to flush, so if you're taking a shit and you flush, the water comes and hits you in the back. <laughs> it sneaks out. Yeah. And then it just leaks. Like if you don't put it back in, like it'll just like keep flushing over and then leak on the ground. So it's always funny when you're taking a, a shit and, and you get water coming down your back and you're wondering what the hell is going on. That was my classic. I do that all the time. Ah, that's a good prank, man. Yeah, there's a couple of good yeah. guys that were good with the pranks and the tape. And I talk about Lappy taking my gitch and throwing it in the freezer. Just funny stuff like that. Yeah. That just, you know, you, the the stuff in the skates. I actually got the the clear tape on the blades once. Dude, I was like Bambi on ice. Just like little funny things like that. Yeah. When you're a rookie, you kind of get the little the little chirps here and there, the treatment. But it's usually yeah. good fun. Dupes did one good this year. We had a, well, he was the oldest guy on our team, but he kept like playing pranks on, on us. Like he put both of our cups, like our jock cups in the freezer. So they were blocks. They were like blocks of ice. So like we had to practice with no cup. And then he was just like shooting pucks, like waist high the whole practice. Because <laughs> he knew That's we didn't have good. our cups on. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's but then Dupes the next day took his stick and undid the tape at the top, filled it with water, put the plug back in and re-taped it. So his, his stick was filled with water. So when he lifted it up, like it was heavy as fuck. Yeah, his starting stick, like super heavy. And then Dupes hit his other ones. So he's like, he's like went on the ice and he had this stick and it was filled with water to the top. Like it was like a, that's good. Like a 50, 30. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's really good clean humor. Um, I thought that was good. But again, that's a lot of work. I'm, I'm good for the pranks that are just nice and easy, you know? I agree. Yeah, you need a, some yeah. creativity and some time on your hands, which you guys both had in Poland. But anyways, that's cool. Speaking of time, our segues are money right now. Yeah, dude, you're. I'm not going to lie. You're dialed. You uh, had a few hiccups at the 38 mark there with yeah. your fucking... <laughs> My fumble fucks. Your Qu yeah, your Quinn and your, your yeah, yeah, Bazungle yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah, you said. Bam but bamboozle, you, yeah, Bamboozle, Bonkers, yeah, Bonkers. you're dialed. You're actually fucking... But yeah, Kuznetsov. Yeah, Kuznetsov, man, this guy, I was watching the shootouts and... They talk about shot clock and NBA. They've integrated the shot clock in MLB. Is the shot clock going to be added to the NHL shootout? Because this guy, 
goes in and he's literally like, you know, when your controller runs out of batteries in NHL, like he's going at that speed. Like his legs are not moving. He's molasses slow. I'm sure there could be like probably a good 15, 20 seconds for him to get from the puck to the net. And people are upset. He even throws in a little stick flip, like a little like uh, twist of the, the stick in his move on the way to the net. So he basically comes in, he's moving slow. He's absolutely torching goalies though. Cause he's five and one this year, which, which ties him for first place in, in shootout percentage with uh, Jason Robertson with guys, at least five attempts. He's career 42.86%. So he's 24 out of 56. So he's obviously figured out something. And the only way that I can compare it, if you've never seen it, it's kind of what like Patrick Kane did to uh, who is the Minnesota goalie, uh, at the time might have been flurry actually where he coming in so slow and he does like 50 deeks in front of the goalie until the goalie bites and then he finally flips a cheese that's what kuznetsov basically does he comes in so slow and throws in a million like you said chopping onions of those until the goalie bites and then he scores so have you seen it what's your thoughts on it shot clock soon yay or nay no, you can't shock. You can't rush these guys. Like the fact that he even has the patience and the composure to do it. And it's like, okay, well, you, like, fuck, why aren't your players doing it then? Because not everybody can. I When I get put in the shootout, I skate as fast as I can so I can get back to the bench because I'm fucking, <laughs> my heart's absolutely racing. I'm just like, don't, fu- I, I can't even think. It's like, I'm stick handling and I stick handle every day and you don't think about it. But when you're thinking about it, you're like, it's, it's going to roll off my tape. Like it's, this is just not going to work. Like you forget how to do everything. I'm like, I'm going as fast as I can. Uh, Kuzi's got it figured out and he's not breaking any rules. So it's like, they're not going to, I don't know how they could even change it. Shot clock. Like that's Bush league. There's just no chance. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, you know, they tried to integrate that rule where you couldn't go backwards. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't stop the progress of the puck, but he's like literally stretching it. Like the puck is almost at a complete stop. He's barely moving it, but you're right. He's found a loophole. He's made it work, but it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they had like a 10 second shot clock. As soon as the whistle blows, they started and you have that amount of time to get to the net and make a play. And I think that would be absolutely unreasonable. And I, and I heard a funny quote, quote from Wayne Gretzky, who had basically said like, if, Back in his day, well, it sounds like a boomer. He is. But it, back in his day, if somebody were to do that and do the stick twirl before coming to pick up the puck and go in that slow, he would get absolutely buried next game. Like he's basically like, almost like taunting the goalie. Um, but yeah, he, he can't you can't argue with his numbers. Five, five and one. So five out of six attempts, he's, it's in the back of the net. So give him a tap on the back. He's figured out a way, but it wouldn't surprise me next year in the GM meetings that they're talking about shot clock because it just seems to be, uh, it'd be a good time to have stocks or a business in the shot clock uh, industry because uh, it seems like a, a new adoption by by all leagues, major leagues at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, yeah, it's like, okay, Kuzi, go do that on a hex stall, eh? See what fucking happens. <laughs> and speaking of <laughs> yeah. Goretzky and Hetzkall talking about fighting. Oh my God. Yeah, je suis en fru, Alex. Pizzetta <laughs> fighting after clean hits. I thought this was actually, I, I never really, I always found like Pizzetta to be a little rat and a little bit of a weasel. And I never really liked him when he plays for the abs. But when I heard his interview, I thought he spoke really well. And he almost like, he verbalized this concept of why guys fight after a clean, big, clean hit. Like, why is it necessary and why do teams do it? And I thought he did a really good job of explaining 
the mentality and the thought process and what the like, it's kind of like an unwritten rule and it's a code. And I'm going to play this for you guys right here because it's a short snippet and I think he explains it really well. Would you go to defend one of your teammates if one of them got clean hit? I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, I mean, in that, in that instance, if I'm on the ice and I see someone get crunched like that, like, I'm probably doing the same thing, you know, like, I'm going to get in there, at least have a talk with the guy and be like, hey, like, we got to go or like, hey, like, something needs to happen. It's just such a weird, like, situation, I know, because, like, it's a clean hit, like, you shouldn't have to do anything, and that's where I think it's okay, and I don't judge anybody if they're like, hey, man, clean hit, like, I'm not going. Sometimes that's better, like, if you make a clean hit and then some guy's trying to fight you and you're like, dude, didn't do anything wrong, like, clean hit now. He's thinking about chasing you around next shift instead of playing hockey, right? So sometimes you can use that to your advantage even, right? But uh, What's behind that? I mean, is it like we, we won't let our guys get intimidated? Is it, even yeah, if it's, a clean, it's, it's, kind it's of tough. I mean, at the end of the day, usually when you, you hit someone big like that, it's because you took advantage of a situation, right? Like he's picking up the puck. I don't. He's a righty, but like his head's down. He's looking back this way trying to pick up the puck. So like I know I can hit him right and if I want to be an asshole I can take his head off or if I want to be play the game properly and I feel like I, I'm not someone who likes to cross the line I want to play clean I just make sure I get him in the chest I get him low like make sure that it's just a clean hit and there's no he's not gonna get hurt from it right so um, I think it's just the taking the liberty of like getting a guy in a vulnerable position that guys don't appreciate and that's where you want to step in so I don't know it's just a tough situation to navigate sometimes he he kind of at the end of the interview talks perfectly about the reason why guys scrap and drop the mitts after a huge hit and he says to the effect of you know if guys in the nhl are getting drilled that hard it's because somebody has taken advantage of them in a very vulnerable position so either they're looking back for a pass they're not looking in that direction you know they're getting hit in a spot where they usually wouldn't be hit in the spot um xyz and i thought that was a really good point so it could have been a clean hit but you took advantage of a guy that was not in a in a in a position to accept a hit or in a vulnerable position, and and that's the answer. The bell, you got to go, you got to fight. So I thought that was a really good way of of putting it together and and explaining that mentality of people that have never played the game. This is why this happens all the time. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think that it's here to stay? They've tried to integrate the instigator rule for guys that come over and start a fight after the big hit. And actually, people have been punished. Teams have been punished on the power play because their team ends up, not only does their guy get dummied, but now the guy that comes in and steps in to be the hero gets the, the penalty and they end up you know, on the PK. So what is your, what is your whole thought on the whole thing and, and Pizzetta's uh, wise words? Yeah, I think it's a good breakdown by him. And again, like, I think I agree. He's, you know, he's pretty well-spoken in that and, and, and he breaks it down. And, and the thing is, it's like, whether you want to or not, there's kind of, and like you said, it's an unwritten rule. Like if, if dupes is getting blown up or if my line mate's getting blown up, like you just feel obliged to do something. And it's, it's not even that you feel like it's right or correct. It's just like, you have this obligation where it's like, man, I'm going to protect my guy. And, and that's what happens in the NHL. And it's, it's here to stay. It's never going to go. Cause like I said, you know, you're never going to get mad at a guy for standing up for your teammate. So, um, yeah, it's it's here to stay, and and I like it. It's like, okay, well, fuck, if you're going to be taking runs at our guys, especially our our, our you know top scores and stuff, you're going to have to answer the bell. And if next time, you know, maybe you lay off a hit because you don't want to fight, then there you go. Then it was all worth it in in the end. So.
Yeah. And, and there's something to be said. I remember Don Cherry used to say this, like the guys policing themselves, you know, you're going to take a run at our guy. Well, we're going to take a run at your guy. You're going to hit our superstar. We're going to hit your superstar. And I, I think it's just kind of a cool way of, again, letting the guys handle it. You know, if you're going to be a guy running around and, and laying the boom on, on players and laying big booms on players, well, you better be ready to either, you know, take in the consequence of that with the scrap or, or be ready to be a target for a big hit yourself. So it's kind of an interesting concept and, and I kind of like it and I, I hope it sticks around. I'm not really a big fan of this instigator rule. I think, I think it's pretty, pretty good. And, and it shows respect. It, you know, we always say that a team, you could tell when a team's a team, when guys are jumping in right away and, and, and coming to the defense of others, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Well, that, that uh, basically shores it up, man. Um, we had this little mini game at the end, and, and we're a little bit cheating. We're a little bit in advance a little bit here, but and, and this will probably come out after the first round. But uh, yeah. we promise you we've made these picks beforehand. Uh, so the, the, the date of the, the editing and, and the sampling and the putting on Spotify will make it seem like we know the answers, but we actually, in fact, don't know all of them. But this is called the one-liner summarizer. And basically, we've put all the matchups of the current playoffs in the first round, and we've chosen one team, and we need to use a sentence to represent which team that we have chosen to win the, the series and maybe give a brief breakdown as to why we've chosen them. Ready to go, Alex? Yeah, ready to rock. Okay. All right, one line of summarizer. Let's start off with the big dogs, the Leafs versus the Lightning. And my line is old dogs, new tricks. And yes, I am taking the T-Bay Lightning. I'm taping them in seven. They are the champs. They are feisty. They know how to get it done. They have a bunch of old dogs, the Maroons, the Kucherovs, the Stamkoses. They've been there, done that. It is tough to knock out the champions. You have a lot, bunch of little puppies on the other side, the Leafs, that are, that are still, that haven't gotten past the, se- the first round. I mean, this seems like a, another tight win or a tight series, but I, I'm taking the Leafs on this one. Who do you got, buddy? Uh, you're taking the Lightning. Sorry, yes, Leafs, I'm taking the Lightning. At the end. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going with go big or go home. There's guys' jobs on the lines. Uh, there's players' jobs on the lines. Uh, it's, it's now or never pretty much for the Leafs, and I think they're going to get over the hump. Um, it's tough to bet against the Lightning, but it's like, man, these guys have played so many games. Like, if I can't stay up past 10 p.m. Uh, in a turkey <laughs> turkey vacation, how are these fossils going to make it three years in a row? You know, so um, yeah, it's I, I wrote down here definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I think the Leafs are going to come in with a fresh mindset here and and they're going to get over the hump. Oh, nice! I like that. All right, next series, I I'll know. let you go first. I have the Devils and the Rangers. Who do you got? And one line of Samaraza. Devils and the Rangers, my one-liner is Billy Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I like it. See what I, I like did it. there? I do. Billy, Billy Madison, I, I'm going with the Rangers, obviously. I think that uh, just like Billy Madison went through first grade, second grade, third grade, they're just going to go through the Devils like it's nothing here. So I've got Rangers. I think it's going to be a pretty quick series. I just think they're so much more dynamic. The, range, uh, the Devils are just inexperienced. 
and and they don't have the goaltending and and the rangers do so we must have been on the same mind frame because i have the return of the bread man so either that or i was watching some star wars the mandalorian or some shit the return of the jedi so i i got obi-wan kenobi mr patrick kane coming back to to handle his apprentice uh mr panarin get him fired up and and also bringing in uh luke skywalker aka the bread man panarin is uh his good friend han solo vladimir tarasenko so I think that combo is going to be lethal. I love it. I think this guy is going to go off on an absolute tear in the playoffs. They have Shesterkin and Nets. They have the Twin Towers on defense. They are beasts. They are deep up front. They've got everything to be a good team. I I'm taking the Rangers as well. I, I thought you were going to say something about it. Oh, oh, dude. I, well, no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was staring at you. I'm like, are you going to make a comment about my comment? I, I don't have, I don't have uh, the Riverside open, so I couldn't see you. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. I, I, I thought you had a stroke. I wasn't sure. Um, <laughs> you thought I froze or some shit? Yeah. I'm like, oh, he gone. Well, that's the end of the pod. So put the outro. <laughs> yeah, we need loiter. Uh, okay. Next, next series, man. I thought you were going to give me a little color commentary, but anyways, it is what I, it honestly, is. Honestly, you're not. I, well, I, yeah, I agree. I, I went with the Rangers as well. You're, I'm just, you're buzzing. I thought you were going to keep going. Well, I am. I fucking went off. Boston, I, I know. Let's Florida. Go. <laughs> and I've got. You got to keep that in too. You can't edit that bottom out. jeans. Boots with the fur. With the fur. The whole crowd looking bang, at bang. her. She Good hit team. the floor. No need to say more. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about my boy, Flo Rider, you take away the space oh. and you've got Florida. They wow. are going to take down the big boys in seven. And let me tell you why. They battled. They had the Paul Maurice take off the glasses meltdown. They have Matthew Kachuk who cannot be stopped. I've never seen a more dominant physical goal scoring assist machine in my entire hockey career. They are buzzing at the right time. This Alex Lyon kid has come out of nowhere, Hamburglar style, and they are going to take one away from the Boston Bruins. There you go. What do you like? Who do you got? You, you know what? Like, I, I actually would, wouldn't mind seeing Florida take this series because, like, fucking, like, Boston fans are so obnoxious. And I, I would, uh, they had their season. And, and as much as I like Bergeron and them, it's, yeah, but I, you know, I wrote down here the Grizzlick Vets. Um, now that I'm saying it out loud is actually pretty stupid. I wish I never said <laughs> well, What it, were but... you trying to say? <laughs> the, grizzled the Grizzled Vets. vets but Grizz, yeah, 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 Grizzlick, yeah. you know, he's, yeah, a, he's like the that. defense for Boston. Yeah, I was kind of playing words, like but uh, yeah, I might have to rewind that yeah. one. But, uh, I, I've got Boston. I, I think they're so experienced. And like I said, um, I, I understand why you took your pick. I just can't see them getting over the hump. Uh, Florida yet. Boston's just too strong. They're, they have four lines that are going to come at you in waves and, and they're just so experienced and, and they have two goaltenders who can play. And, and I just, I, they have one of the ba best back ends in the league. It's like, fuck, how, how do you play against these guys? Like, I don't know if they have any holes. Um, so I've got Boston. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a, that's going to be a definitely an uphill battle. I honestly just heard the song and I thought that would be a funny thing to say. So I went with Florida, but yeah, Boston, Boston, <laughs> probably working them. Uh, but yeah, yeah they'll be interesting. Uh, Carolina versus the New York Islanders. And I've got your snooze 
but you will not lose. I have the Isles taking this all the way back to 1997, New Jersey Devil style. Lou Lamorello telling them, let's have five guys back. Let's not even forecheck on these mafucks. Let's let these forwards that are banged, bruised, and batters, no Svechnikov, no Pacioretty, they are really, really, really down on the offensive weapons. Let's just rope-a-dope them, play the D game, and then and then work them on the power play with Matt Barzell back. So I've got I've got the aisles in this one. Wow, I like that. That's a hot take. Um, my liner, I wrote, it's Sebastian Aho's time. You want to know why I wrote that? Why, Alex? Because there's a Sebastian Aho on both teams, and I don't give a fuck about the series. The series is going to be shit. Whoever wins the series is going to get pumped. They're going to get pumped next round. I don't even want to watch it. The Islanders are dog shit. Carolina's dog shit. Sebastian Aho, I don't care which one wins. One of them's going to win, and I'm going to be right. That's actually fucking hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. Okay, let's move over to the West. Edmonton versus the LA Kings. Who do you like? Who do you got? I wrote on the third year, McJesus resurrected. We're coming past Easter. Is is that when Jesus fucking <laughs> resurrected? Yes. Is that Easter? Yes, it is. Oh, okay, good. Monseigneur Shunning back is absolutely having a meltdown if he hears this, but <laughs> I can't I can't imagine he's a he's a fucking Spotify premium owner. Um, nor is he listening to undrafted or unedited. But all this to say, McJesus, this is their year. I, I think I have the Oilers going to the to the Cup Finals. I think they're that good. They're that dynamic. Like, how do you stop McJesus and and um, and Dreisaitl? I think that the Kings have a really good team, but they just don't have it this year. You know what? This is one of those series, but where where the upset is 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 totally plausible though. Like, I don't even know if you'd call it an upset. The LA Kings are pretty damn good. You look at their roster on paper; it's super underrated. They're playing super well. But yeah, I've got Edmonton as well. My three words, I guess, names. Mario, Yaramir, and Ron. Heard of them? You know why I brought them up? Yeah, Marilyn Yu, Yaramir Yager, and Ron Francis. And Ron McLean. Oh. <laughs> Ron Burgundy, Ron Jeremy. Think about 50 yeah. of them. But no, I'm talking about Ron Francis. These guys were the last trio on the same team to put up over 100 points. And guess who the Edmonton Oilers have? McJesus, Dreitseidel, and Nugent Hopkins. Over 100 points each. Too much firepower. It's going to be barn burners. You take the over on every single game. Every single game. Because you know you got Stewie Skinner on one net and you got Eunice Capasalo on the other net. It's going to be goal city. But yeah, these guys are too powerful. They're going to outscore you. Their power play is like a cheat code. I've never seen this in your in, in my entire life. Um, so they're, they're running at like 40% clip right now. They're taking the series for sure. Next one, Colorado, Seattle. What do you got for that line, Alex? I wrote McGriddle, McDouble, McKinnon. <laughs> because I'm loving it, baby. Oh. I got Colorado. <laughs> Dude, you're Dude, fucking that on was fire. so bad. That was terrible. I like it. It's funny. Um, yeah, uh, Colorado. I think, this, again, Seattle's deep. Eberly saying it's the deepest team he's ever played on, and and you see it when you watch the games. I, I barely watched any Seattle games, but we'd watch the highlights, and it's like they score in bunches, and they're so fast, and they're just like they feel like they're just constantly on you. Um, but it's it's the Colorado Avalanche, so I, I'm going Colorado, and I I think I think it's going to be a pretty quick series. Yeah, me too. I've got the champs are here. 
and I've got the Colorado Avalanche. Again, you, you, you never bet against the former champions. However, however, I must say the recipe for disaster is here. Landis Cog is not coming back. You're captain, your soul. Your, your, your playoff, like perfect prototypical playoff player is not going to be in the lineup. You've got an injured Makar, best player, best defenseman in the league, who's not 100%. And you've got a Grubauer on Seattle who is bitter, mad that he didn't get re-signed, ready to steal a show. So am I nervous? Heck yeah. Did I have another line that could go for the Seattle? No. So that's why I said the champs are here. I'm taking Colorado. <laughs> Dallas Mini. Nice. Who do you got? Dallas Mini is going to be a six series. Um, I kept it super simple, straightforward. I just wrote Kirill the Thrill because I think Mini's actually so nasty uh, undercover and they're tough. They're built for playoffs. They've got these Revos, got Hardaway. They've got these big bodies that are just going to come at you and i just don't think dallas is going to be able to do it despite uh their goaltending just being like so good and and minis is kind of a question mark like are they going to go with flurry are they going to have um uh gustafson in i don't know but i've got Kirill the thrill and i'm riding it mine is silent but deadly and no i'm not talking about the toot you release on a long road trip with the family i am talking about the dallas stars the most underrated hockey team in the entire league jason robertson heard of him rupe hints heard of him mira heiskanen heard of him jake ottinger i haven't heard of any of them heard of them actually absolutely not <laughs> they never talk about these guys these guys are unbelievable add in pavelski add in jamie ben add in taylor uh tyler Seguin. and you've got a nasty nasty two lines of players ready to rock and roll these guys are going to put in a battle because minnesota is no joke but i think dallas is going to come out on top it's going to be tight it's going to be close but i like dallas and last but not least we have the vegas golden knights versus the Winnipeg Jets. Who do you got, Mr. Alex? I wrote whiteout, baby, because that's what Winnipeg's going to need to erase their season because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going with the Winnipeg oh, whiteout. Yeah, sunk, you sunk, did. Sunk, sunk. Um, Vegas, uh, the MGM Grand knows a few whiteouts. Uh, <laughs> it's all over their granite countertops. Uh, I'm going Vegas. I think I think they're going to be able to do it this year. Uh, I think they're back in form at the end of the year. They got Stone coming back, who's their leader, and and he's going to be the catalyst to to the offense and and to everything that Vegas is about. So I got Vegas. Wow. Well, I took I took the whiteout for a different reason, but similar to what you said in your second point. But I wrote Pablo Pablo Escobar's favorite team because the whiteout in Winnipeg is going to be hot, 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 and they're going to be buzzing. They're going to be fired up. The heart rates are going to be up, and and they're going to be cooking. And I'm going to take Winnipeg. Josh Morrissey is absolutely lightning in a bottle. You have. Connor Hellebuck, he looks like the devil, but he's going to be stop. He probably sold his soul for this season, buddy. He's going to be stopping everything. And then you have a top six. A you have a top six of guys. You know, Wheeler is, is, is starting to play. You have Dubois, who looks like an absolute beast. He wants to play his way out of, out of Winnipeg. But nonetheless, he's playing unbelievable right now. He's a force to be reckoned with in playoffs. We saw what he did to Tampa when Columbus upsetted them way back in the day. So I like Winnipeg. I think they are coming back. Rick Bonus slapped them around with some media comments, and and they're ready to 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 cook to fry. And I don't like Vegas at all. I know Mark Stone's coming back. 
but he could barely move out there. You have a, a weak neck Jack Eichel out there skating around lollygagging. He's never seen playoffs before. He's gonna be he's gonna get drilled first shift. I think he's gonna be done. He's gonna be a mental midget. I like Winnipeg. It's gonna be long. It's gonna be a grueling series, but I gotta go with the whiteout man. Dude, you're the leader. The leader doesn't even swear. They're not gonna win. <laughs> Mark Shifley said. Did you know that? No. Mark Shifley doesn't swear. Okay, I like to change if you my look pick. At anything? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> yeah, kidding. he he doesn't swear. He's like, so they have a bunch of videos of him like yelling at the ref, and he's like, "Frick!" Oh, like, yeah, freaking kidding me! Holy frick! Yeah, you and can't then, like, have ever that. Ever since then, I'm like, guys, this guy's a wiener. Yeah, you can't have that. Like a, a well a well placed f bomb, like to get your team going. Imagine the pregame speech. Be like, let's freaking go out there, boys, and freaking take it to them. I'd be like, fucking put me to sleep. Yeah, I'd say put. I'd say, Mark, put me, put me asleep, man. Get me out of here. <laughs> Dude, it was nice to have us live. We're actually doing it at nighttime, but, but Eastern time, which is kind of unique. This is kind of weird. We usually have the Sunday morning for me and Sunday evening for you, but yeah, we're, we're, we're cooking right now. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling energized because normally it's like super late and I'm in my bed and, and. I pop a melatonin before these usually. So by the halfway point, I'm at, I'm loopy and things don't make sense. So we're buzzing. Yeah, let's wrap this up, pal. That was a good little. Uh... That was a lot of fun. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back to you next time. I think uh, I think a lot of people we got a lot of positive feedback from Loiter. Had a lot of fun fun with him last time, and and we hope to lock in a couple more interviews over the summer, especially as uh, the season's starting to wrap up. But uh, appreciate the positive feedback and a little bit of love. And it's nice to know that uh, people aside from my mom are supporting us in this in this uh, endeavor. Yeah, st- stay tuned. I'm going to go over and babysit, and Pat's going to edit the Polish uh, Polish updates together. So. <laughs> <laughs> said it i said it on the pod you just got to make it happen so that could be content sure. in itself buddy yeah no kidding what me babysitting yeah. oh and yeah clown music in the back <laughs> yeah all right brother we'll talk to you later good job man yeah dude fucking rights boys See that's what we about just feel the warm breeze living young